Like basically it was like, what can we do as a bunch of nerdy artist ladies who don't, who are good at drawing, but don't know how to protect each other. And so we're trying to help and protect each other the best way we know how. This is The Labyrinth and the Thread, conversations about creativity and mental health for, by, and with people who love to create things and have experience navigating mental health. I'm Amelia Aldred, and I'm glad you're listening. Today, I'm talking to Jean Kang, a storyboard artist for animation based in Los Angeles. Content advisory. This episode contains discussions of sexual harassment at work. Thank you so much for joining me, Jean. To start, tell us a little bit about what you do. I am a storyboard artist for animation. I came to this place by originally just really enjoying drawing and wanting to have a career in drawing, but not quite sure what I wanted. When I was looking into it, this was, you know, way before the internet was like a thing and you could research these things. All I had was making of documentaries that would air on TV, you know, not even like cable, just TV. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, like 90s Disney movies and stuff. It's just like, this is how you make an animation. And looking back at that now, I'm just like, yeah, that's like a very sugar-coated version of how you make an animated movie or animated series. And originally, I wanted to be a comic book artist, because I was really influenced by anime and manga. So I was I had this dream about being like a manga artist, but was like, well, I really don't know how to be an adult and look into things like taxes and health insurance and retirement and then as I was looking into like the comic book artist career in the U.S. I'm just like that kind of stuff is hard to figure out because every comic book person is kind of like an independent contractor but when I was looking into other careers kind of adjacent animation has like a union and the union handles a lot of things like insurance health insurance and mental health insurance and 401k financial advisement and things like that and I was like oh okay it's really interesting as you were talking about your path to where you are currently. I was thinking about all the different stories that we hear about, you know, what does it mean to make your living in the arts? You don't get a lot of information about the nuts and bolts of it, of where you get these kind of these like sugar-coated like how animation is made, but not like what about health insurance, you know, like <laughs> very important questions. I I want to know about that part about how, you know, animation is made. And we we just we don't hear that very often. I've talked to folks on this show about their need for things like healthcare, for example, and depending on your mental health needs, you know, what you know that you need consistently, whatever that is. And so things like okay, how am I going to pay for my health care are very real questions um, that really affect how people are thinking about their career and, and thinking about their options. And it's really interesting that your professional association uh, and your union offers that as part of your contract. Is that, I'm not sure if, the, if I think of yeah. union contracts. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, that's correct. That would be the proper way to refer it because yeah, we definitely, so we have a union that's currently gotten a lot more passionate because I feel like there's a lot more millennials uh, involved now. I have a lot of friends who are uh, on the executive board now who are also heading up committees. I've also volunteered and helped out here and there. And really, it's been drilled into 
millennials who especially went through the recession that if we don't take care of these things, uh, no one's going to take care of us. And it's also like, don't trust corporations and don't trust studios. Brief history note. The Animation Guild was chartered in 1952, but U.S. animation studios began to organize in the 1930s. One of the milestones in unionizing animation artists was the Disney strike of 1941, which ultimately led to Disney Studios becoming a union shop. Although Walt Disney himself had started his career as an animation artist, he famously fought unionization hard and said that he felt personally betrayed by his employees' attempts to organize. Jean and I talked about the dynamics and creative industries, like animation, that both build a sense of community, but also set up blurred boundaries and can make self-advocacy especially challenging. I think something, as you mentioned, kind of the story of Walt Disney um, and the idea of betrayal, you know, and uh, and that his the artists he was working with were betraying him. I feel like I've heard versions of that story just in so many different industries in which someone is advocating for better working conditions for themselves or others, and it's treated as a personal betrayal. It speaks to one of the the really difficult things in taking care of yourself at work in general, but I think particularly in industries where you are very passionate, the people who are working there are very passionate about what they are doing, um, and you may not have as many boundaries between, you know, your work life and your personal life um, in the same way. And it's very easy to get into some really unhealthy relationship patterns. And that's like, which like, that's, that's, you know, broad brushstrokes of what that can mean <laughs> within artistic communities. I think that there's some particular challenges in the arts and with your relationships. So my spouse, his family were teachers, uh, but they were boarding school teachers. And so you lived on campus, you were you know, living surrounded by your coworkers. They were passionate teachers. They thought about school all the time. They thought about education all the time. And his experience of growing up on a boarding school campus was a lot more analogous to my experience growing up with parents that were professional musicians who, you know, were surrounded by their bandmates, who talked about music all the time, that this was something that was deeply passionate. And it's interesting because it took me a long time to realize that was not everyone's growing up experience. Like not everyone got off of work doing whatever it is they were doing and then immediately like went to the dinner table and started talking about it again. And then, you know, called their friend and talked about it over the weekends and were just kind of constantly, it was not only their job, but it was also their vocation. And that's a very different relationship to your work. It's the same thing in animation, because definitely I would say the majority of my friends right now are people I've met at work. And it's also just been like, when, you know, when you're in a high school, you're with like everyone in your community and you've, and like, you have this niche interest. Mm -hmm. And so like, I definitely was like the drawing girl like the girl who draws, the girl who likes anime, the girl who likes manga. And then like, you know, I didn't meet anyone with the same interests as me that I hadn't like pull forcibly made them join my hobby. Mm -hmm. because, and they did because they're friends and that's the power of friendship. And, um, but yeah, going into college, that's when like I met other people who like the same things I did. And then when I went to intern at Nickelodeon, I was just like, oh, I have found my people. Really, it's so it was just so comfortable immediately when I got there. I was just like, this is what like my life could be like. 
like if I made a ref, it was really funny because when I was working on my very first job as a storyboard artist, um, my director was like, oh, so you know that spin that they do at the opening of this anime? And I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was like, we spoke the same language, which we, both of us were Korean Americans. So we kind of still got each other, but it's like, oh my God, this person also watches the same anime series as I am. And so he's making references to something I already knew about versus like, you know, I didn't want, being a child of immigrants, I didn't grow up watching like Star Wars or Indiana Jones or Goonies a lot of Steve, old Steven Spielberg 90s movies that like a lot of my older Caucasian male coworkers or bosses would do and be like, you know, that reference and the thing that happened in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I was just like, I need to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, but then I had a director who finally was just like, hey, so, you know, this thing from this anime. And I was just like, yes, I do know that thing from that anime. I will do right away. I, will, I know exactly what you're talking about. So it was, it's like, yeah, that connection. Yeah, there's just there's so much joy in that. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Um, but at the same time, it also I think can make it harder to address issues in the community as well. Whether mm -hmm. it's you know boundary setting, whether it's dealing with harassment, whether it's mm -hmm. even just things like friends drama. It's true. Yeah. So given that animation has this long history of having a union that has um, worked hard for members to have healthcare benefits and that one of you know aspect of those healthcare benefits are mental health services as well, what's the conversation about mental health within animation, knowing there's probably several conversations happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, so my personal conversation with mental health um, began... I mean, I knew that it was available to us. Um, I had a close friend who told me about her search for a therapist and how she found one and was prescribed uh, medication for her conditions. And then I didn't really think too much about it. And then Harvey Weinstein happened. And that was a huge, like that sent a huge bolt of lightning through the entire entertainment industry and animation wasn't exempt. And so my, the majority of my conversations about mental health with other animation people have all been with women and non-binary people, never with men. But I do know that men also see therapists and counselors and psychiatrists because there is a, we have a discord for our union and also a Facebook group. So I have seen men kind of talking about it when people ask for like, how do I navigate the whole finding a therapist option in because it's not straightforward even in, in our guild and even in our options we still have to kind of be like can someone hold my hand through this and that's what happened for me that I happened to be volunteering and helping out with the sexual harassment cases that was happening at the time that we were just not at the time but it was um we were having a lot of conversations about sexual harassment and mental health and really just trying to help each other out through a really like fraught time when we're realizing that like this part of this dark side of working in any industry where people have been harassed but have been forced to tap it down has now the lid of it, lid of it has been blown wide open. And so I've known people who I've known for years, like I've known certain people for years who finally who came forward during this time and said and told me about their experiences and shared their experiences. And so 
it was like a whole lot. And I started working on a, so I was helping out with that. I also started working on a very stressful job. And I saw sexual harassment happening on that production and the workplace that was being just kind of tamped down. And I was getting to a place where it was affecting my health. Like I started having really terrible acid reflux where I was in pain just every day. And I was like, this is, I'm like, I could see myself falling quickly into a pit. And I was like, I need to get out of this pit. I need to stop for like, first I have to stop my fall and then I have to be able to climb out. I've been pretty self-sufficient for most of my life. I'm really good at finding my own resources and really like researching into what I need to do. And I was able to maintain my whatever I needed to do personally. Like my parents often apologize to me of this, like, I'm so sorry, we have no connections to the animation industry. We can't help you and get you a leg up. You have to do all that work yourself. I mean, it's not like they didn't do anything. I, I was very fortunate to live in LA and they provide the roof over my head. And I was able to commute from work from home to work for quite a long time. So I definitely, I just felt like I hadn't benefited from my situation, but in terms of like animation and things that my outside my parents' knowledge, I was able to figure it all out myself and climb the ladder myself without assistance. But I knew in this case, I really needed help. And because we'd all been having conversations about this, I reached out to a friend, you know, do you mind talking to me about how you found your therapist? Do you like that person? Do you feel comfortable with that person? And, and also it helped that another friend basically had been going through the same thing herself of just finding trying to take care of her own mental health and made a document of how to use the mental health resources in the guild and just pretty much did a whole like step by step like first you do this and then you log into this website here's the password and just like and then you put in who you're looking for and here are the suggestions you know like are you looking for someone who can deal with anxiety and how to like kind of navigate the site so I had those resources, fortunately, to help me. Uh, and then I also read a bunch of things online of how to like find a therapist and how to kind of screen for a therapist and stuff like that. So I found about three, like three potential therapists before I uh, selected one. I felt immediately like, oh, it's you. And that therapist happened to be the one that also is uh, my friend's therapist and also is a therapist for many people in the animation industry. And she also specializes working with artists. And with her, she was just like, oh, yeah, I know what you do. I understand all the stresses of your job. And I was like, great, I don't have to break that down and explain it. So we can focus on all of the other issues. (laughs) That's so incredibly helpful that someone created a document and a guide and that this conversation was happening. As you were talking about that process, I was remembering all the different times that I've talked to folks about just how hard it is to access healthcare in general um, in the U.S. for for many many people. But then then when you get into mental health care, there's also like a whole other set of hoops um, to jump through, and that sometimes folks will say, you know, I, I just need to know the nuts and bolts of it. And that's also such an important role for communities to play because having someone that has been through that process, as you described, is so incredibly helpful. And I think also helps people feel less alone. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was really fortunate to have, for, for one thing, animation people, um, I find are very kind and very open. In my experience, animation people have been very giving. And like, it's also part of getting a job in this industry of like, you do need to network, but also these network connections 
are your friends and there is a level of like care for each other because we are all friends and we all want the best for each other. Yeah, there's the benefit that if you work with a mentally healthy person, you do get more work out of them. But it's also just like you care about this person because you want them to succeed and they're your friend. And if they're struggling, you want to help. You know, like this stuff isn't a guarded secret, but it is definitely hard to kind of navigate. And so, yeah, my friend taking the initiative to make the document and then posting it for everyone to be to have access to. It's great, especially since she made that for people who are victims of sexual harassment and who would who who were confronting it and definitely needed professional help in guiding through intense emotions because especially around that time we also had a trial with where um i mean this isn't a secret there is a full frontal the smith man to be full frontal episode on it about it on youtube that people can look up and see the whole thing and several of my all of the people on that short um who are interviewed are my friends and I was there for every step of the process and it was even for someone like me who wasn't involved in or wasn't a victim it was still incredibly stressful and also it's heartbreaking like I've been there watching people cry and talking about painful moments and all of us trying to be like how do we do this and we're just a bunch of artistic nerds trying to navigate a complicated system where it's like do we go to the police no the statute of limitations is the, is over what can we do like basically it was like what can we do as a bunch of nerdy artist ladies who don't who are good at drawing but don't know how to protect each other and so we're trying to help and protect each other the best way we know how and in the end we ended up one of the ladies who was part of the union was just like okay I've been reading the union handbook this is what we can do so, but it's like definitely everyone's bringing something forward to because everyone wants to help each other. And I imagine that doing, going through that together and navigating that together, that now knowing that you have people that will also care for you makes it easier to ask for help. I definitely agree. And like um, working in animation, there is that fine line between like, corporate and personal and like but really what makes the job worthwhile is having people on your crew who you know will have your back and defend you if you need them to and you will do the same and like I've definitely been in unhealthy situations where like I was just like was I wrong and then like if someone was in the room going like no you weren't wrong I was like, okay, I, I wasn't wrong. Or like, if I was wrong, there was someone gently to point out I was. And it's like, and it's definitely just been, especially having an emotionally fraught time, especially with last year. And, um, but yeah, yeah. Like Harvey Weinstein to now has been a crazy emotionally fraught time for, any for all of us in the entertainment industry but yeah in our in my, in my little small you know circle of animation um definitely everyone's been reaching out for more mental health resources and people who have already gone through the process before have been open to sharing
before we wrap up, I wanted to ask if there are any projects or um, media or art that you are particularly excited about right now and would like to share to listeners. <laughs> Um, okay, so currently the show I work on, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, season two will be premiering in Paramount Plus in August, so that would be great if anyone is so inclined. You don't have to be a Trekkie to watch it, because I definitely am not a Trekkie, but I am starting to really love the Star Trek universe. Definitely Star Trek was one of the things that got me through 2020, because, like, for one thing, one thing, Next Generation with Picard, which is like a huge inspiration for our show. Um, it's nice to see a smart, charismatic, kind person be in charge of a community of people. But it's also just like, it's so, it was so comforting to watch an optimistic point of view of what the future could be. Of like, we're beyond things like money, whereas there's comfort in living together as a community despite differences and like you know we're journeying through space into the unknown and I was just like this is so it's like Star Trek and BTS was like my saving grace throughout 2020 <laughs> and what kept me sane so it'd be great if people could watch Lower Decks uh, ours is more of a comedic take on Star Trek but it has the soul and the heart of what Star Trek is because it's also created and run by people who are true hardcore star trek lovers and nerds like yeah so please watch lower decks um in terms of what i'm excited for personally um i'm really excited for a show that's coming out i think this week on netflix called centaur world that was done by created by a friend of mine megan nicole dong and also a bunch of my friends worked on it as directors and artists. And it is an incredibly unique and weird show. And it's so like funny and bright and colorful, but it's also it's not gonna shy away from the darkness. It's it's seriously so awesome, it's so unique, and it's great because like it's not a franchise show. Like so much of my career in animation has been working on different franchises that have other, you know, that's connected to other things. But this show is completely unique. It is completely the brainchild of Megan Nicole Dong, who is a fantastic artist and storyteller. And it's just her own creative project that she was developing for a long time. And it's amazing. Well, you've definitely sold me on it. I am. I want to check it out. It sounds awesome. I, I love weirdness. So I love mythical creatures. I could use a breath of fresh air and laughing. So <laughs> I'm there, you know, and, uh, and I'm also very excited about season two of Lower Decks. Um, I have really you. enjoyed the show. And oh, thank you. <laughs> fun fact. Um, so I, I come from a family of Star Trek fans. And as mm -hmm. a small child, I used to watch Star Trek. Um, my parents, except I called it Star Truck because I didn't <laughs> know what a Trek was. And like, to five-year-old Amelia, I'm like, well, they're going around the stars in a big truck, I guess. So it was Star Truck for years. And my family still occasionally will call it Star Truck. Cute. Well, thank you again so much, Jean. I've had such a great time talking with you. And uh, I hope everyone will check out both of the shows that you've recommended. And I know that I definitely will. And thank you again. This has been great. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support us, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash labthreadpodcast. If you're not in a position to financially support us, you can help out by spreading the word and following us on social media. Stories, concerns, and manifestos can all be emailed to labthreadpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Remember to take care of yourselves and each other. And until next time, from Chicago, Illinois, this is The Labyrinth and the Thread. Thread.